guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Finally. Alex Whiteley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joined with me today is my co-host Shane Hinton. How's it going, Shane? Say hello. Yeah, I'm all. I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, hey guys. We got you on a, an, a proper episode for a change. Jeez, you know. Finally. I don't know. About time you pulled your <laughs> socks up. At least it's not down to something positive for me. You know, at least there is that. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, we ne- we nearly didn't have an episode this week. Uh, not a lot's going on about in Shrewsbury at the moment. I mean, you know, there's a, there is a crazy pandemic, but that's affecting the whole world at the moment. Everybody's kind of indoors. Um, so luckily, uh, we, we managed to speak to a, a, a lad I've been speaking to for a while. That sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was speaking to this young gentleman um, for, for a while now. We've been trying to sort something out, get him on the show. Um, we were in talks of putting something live together, an event, br- you know, uh, selling the event, uh, getting to the event, and doing like a we were going to do like a big thing. But uh, I'd like to welcome <laughs> to you, <laughs> I'd like to welcome to you, young director uh, Luke Allen. Thank you very much for joining us. Hello, thank you. Um, I might say first, I'm just taking the pop shield off my mic; it keeps falling off. There we go. Right, hi. Just, just be careful with your peas. With your... Yeah. I shall. Yeah, <laughs> Luke <laughs> Allen. Um, and joined with us is um, one of um, not only is one of Luke's stars of his, uh, his, his, his create what's of his projects um, is um, somebody that me and Shane have worked with at the prison, Alexander Westwood. Alex Westwood, Alexander. How, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Alexander Westwood. Yeah, Alexander Westwood. Cool. Alex, <laughs> we'll call you Alexander. We'll call me Al. There we go. We'll get yeah, through. We'll get through that. There we go. <laughs> um, Alex, how are you, man? Uh, we haven't seen you for a while. Everything's obviously closed up. Already at the prison. broken that rule you just set up five seconds ago. I oh, know. Yeah, yeah. This is the, <laughs> this is the the Whiteley method. I oh, set right. rules oh, for myself oh, and break well, them. We'll, we'll be alright. We'll, we'll circumnavigate it. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> what is willpower? What is willpower? <laughs> Alex, how are you, man? You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Just um, living off a revised sleep schedule. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was chatting to him <laughs> last night. Get... Say again, Shane. What time did you get up today? Oh, uh, as soon as I messaged you. So what was that? Half two. <laughs> Is that because of what's going on with the uh, the pandemic at the moment? You just like completely slipped out of your sleep schedule. Nothing's normal yes, anymore. Basically. Oh my bad. Half one. Half one. Um <laughs> yeah, no, um that's just purely down to the fact that well I've it's weird because I've got no work to go to. So uh, as an actor everything's been suspended, you know, production has been halted on even blooming Marvel's projects. Um yeah. so just uh, even there's no local BBC stuff, doctors are stopped, um just everything, everything I was involved with seems to have completely died off, basically. Um, so right now I'm just working through the nights with various script ideas and plot treatments and thinking of different bits and bobs. Um, just, to, just to add a bit of background, obviously um, Alex Alexander is uh, he's, um, he's, he's an actor working up. Um, he's, he, you're picking up roles um, on, on on different shows while you were, uh, <laughs> but we also we also worked with Alex at the prison. Um, I've known Alex as the Godfather for about a year now, because that's the role he was playing at the prison. He'd wear a big shiny orange suit, and he'd be like, "I'm the Godfather," and I'd just poke fun at him for for being um, uh, holier than art, though holier, you know, kind of. Oh, you don't mess with the Godfather. Um, and and Luke. Um, he, Young lad, how old are you, Luke? 
No. Uh, 16. 16. As, as of 16. just over a month ago. 16 wow. years old and he's already going out there and showing people how how to make things um you're a director how many projects have you worked on luke um well unstable is my third released film i've made a documentary that hasn't yet been released uh, kind of ironically about isolation don't know if now's a good time to release that um <laughs> uh, I, uh, and i've like directed a couple of music videos and stuff but three proper short films are out there it's not even past the gtses yet dude like what what have we done with our life you know like do you know what i mean we've got the shrewsbury biscuit come on Shh. <laughs> yeah but we're like over 30 man like <laughs> it, it is a valid point that you know at the age of 16 i was running around chasing girls and and and, exactly. and, and being exactly. young and yet luke you you you're going out there and you're doing it you're doing something let's you... just say making films does not work well on the chasing girls front <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe not now but when you're you know you're you're take a Waititi or you're quentin tarantino in a few years the girls will come a running i guarantee it you know um so when when did you realize you wanted to to make movies or make make media luke um well when i was about 10 i made a really silly uh youtube film with my granddad uh, which i think is actually still online um it's it's awful but you can see that that was the moment where my passion started and that was called uh there's a little comedy sketch called mr middles muddles which was literally me um in a fez actually uh, going around um like a corridor at my grandparents house and basically coming in one door and out of the other and we put some music over it which i'm pretty sure is copyrighted uh, but it was just <laughs> like a silly little thing that we did there and that was just because i think my granddad had just got like a an apple mac and wanted to try out iMovie and then i kind of was like this is fun and um i mean it was only two years ago that i actually made first film myself like i'd done sketches and stuff on my youtube some of which are all right most of which are awful um i made my first film about two years ago the 16th minute and that was that was when i realized like there is so much fun in this and yeah i've just been sort of trying to produce stuff since then every time i start a film i think this this is going to be take less time and i'll make it in a few weeks and it never seems to be the case every project seems to take months which i guess is good uh but yeah yeah but that, that just shows that you're not rushing things and trying to get it out you want to make things right the right way indeed yeah yeah um have you settled upon a certain style of of, of creating because i mean i was watching i was watching um i'm doing the what did the i was chatting to jackie jordan last night she's a producer in la she called it the uh, uh quarantino because uh, i'm doing all the the quentin tarantino movies so it's quarantino um and uh, so I started off with Reservoir Dogs and now I'm doing Pulp Fiction and then you go into Jackie. But, and uh, yeah, yeah. Tarantino has a specific style. Like he has a grainy style. Like if you looked at a, a Tarantino movie that was made today, you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell when it was made because he's always had that style. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah. his that's his vision. Have you got your own vision yet? I mean, you're, you're at a young age and you're just starting out. I mean, Unstable, the film which I assume probably be talking about mostly um, today, my last project, was actually my first time doing, like, drama. Everything else was sort of silly comedy. And I haven't completely settled on stuff. There are definitely familiar things and techniques and styles that I've noticed in my writing, whether anyone else does or not. 
like I've literally noticed that every single film I've written, be it like ones that I've actually made or ones that I've written and hope to make, always seem to involve a scene on the phone. Like I, that's, I know it's probably completely random, and a lot of films do, but every single short film I've made involves a scene where someone's on their phone, um, having a com- phone call. Um, so I don't know whether that's a, a writing style or what that is. But, I mean, um, if you compare that to Tarantino movies, he co- he specialises in conversation. There's always these one take walks down corridors and things. We're having hmm. these riveting conversations, usually about nonsense. Like you know, so that is that is a style. I mean, people on their phone could be your thing. Um, um, Alex, mm. Alex, how how long have you worked with Luke before? How did you guys meet each other? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. It was it was Facebook, I believe. Uh, yeah. where, uh, a casting call. End of uh, July or early August? I'm trying to think. Oh, it would have been end of July. Just like I, I can even put a date on it. I think I'd imagine it was the 29th of July because I had something on on the 30th, and I specifically remember messaging you on the 30th. Wow! Ooh. Look at that. Enough of memory. <laughs> um, so. Since then, <laughs> I'm going to go and check now. <laughs> um, I mean, last last night I was speaking to um, a producer from LA, and we were talking about like how things are with quarantine and how mm. how um, you know ninety percent apparently of Hollywood has been furloughed at the moment which is a huge number. I mean, if you think of the cast of the of an Avengers movie or something, not just like mm. the cast, but like everybody behind the scenes, you know, you're talking about hundreds of people. Yeah. That's just one movie, you know, and if you you're talking about 90% of the whole of Hollywood, that's including movies, TV, you know, TV shows, things like that. Um that's a huge, huge number. So, like, the whole mm. dynamic of the, the Hollywood movie scene and people making things um, has completely changed. It's flipped it on its head. And she was saying to me that it's actually now an important time for independent creators like yourself, Luke, to actually come out and be like, look, this is what I can do. You know, we, 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 yeah. don't, we don't need Spielberg. Uh, who's he? Like, uh, this is what I can do. do, do are, are you excited about this? Um, definitely, but in the same light, I'm almost worried per se in some elements because in terms of looking for funding or looking for studios to take on board like this big project which uh, working on at the moment, uh, the idea that basically everyone who's ever wanted to write is now sitting down and writing that screenplay they've been meaning to write for years. It's going to be really hard to stand out. Um, so although there'll be a thirst for more stuff out there, I think there's also going to be a heck of a lot more competition. That's a valid so- yeah. So where so where does it all start then, Luke? So you you do you literally just sit there one one at one time at night or something, and you just sort of think, oh, that's a good idea, and you just jot it down, and you just roll with that, or do you do do you grind away at an idea, and you just sort of you know, or do you just do it, you know, do you just go off on a whim? First um, sort of comes to your head. <clears throat> little bits here and there. First, I'll say I was wrong about the date when you first messaged me, Alex. It was the seventeenth of July, uh, so I was about ten days off. I'm there. glad we got that covered, um, guys. As a... <laughs> <laughs> you heard uh, it first but... on the shoes with biscuit, guys. No, go on, go on. So, ideas. How do you come up with them? Um, yeah, well, there's a whole manner of things, really. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go through, if you don't mind, I'll go through the three films that I. Made and where where they sort of came from. So the first one, the sixteenth minute, um, I literally dreamt that I um, had 
that I was a host of a TV talk show. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I kept talking about it. And one of my friends said I was mad. Um, and so I then wrote this uh, film about a guy who, a teenager who basically ends up getting a head injury and wakes up believing he's a famous talk show host <laughs> and has to go and see like a psychiatrist. And the whole film is him talking to his psychiatrist. Um, and so that's where that idea came from. Um, I'm not entirely sure where my second film idea came from. It was originally for coursework, and then there's a whole lot of issues that happen with my uh, film course, and I, I don't think anyone in even in the school even minds me saying that it, it was a mess. Um, but basically, we uh, Con Man Denominator was the second film, and that was about a con man who ends up uh, uh, posing as a maths teacher in a school all the while the real math teacher is believed to be the con man and gets like beaten up and asked for money. Um, and I, I, I wanted to do something about con, con men and stuff for a while. Um, and that just kind of came, but unstable. Um, the main one was because I had, um, my parents, uh, started the rock center in Telford, which is redeeming our communities. Um, and basically for the past five years, I've been around a lot of adults who, are. I say sort of vulnerable adults they've been in so many different situations and stuff so I, I'd been around among other types of people a lot of um, addicts and recovering addicts and I realised like their representation in the media is completely wrong and so I thought like I want to see a film wherein addicts are portrayed as normal people who've just made a mistake and need help and so that's what I decided to do with Unstable I went to go and see a uh, an addiction support group in Telford called A Better Tomorrow, and I phoned them up, and they let me in speak to some of their um, some of their clients and some of their volunteers. So I spent a couple of hours with them, and uh, and then stayed in touch with one of the guys who comes to our community centre, um, Scott, and he has been uh, he he's got a lot of experience with addiction, and so he helped. Like I'd send him different bits of the script as I went along, and he'd watched the film. He actually did a Q and A. Uh, join us in the Q&A panel at the premiere for Unstable last year. So, yeah, that's sort of where my process came with all of them anyway. Do you think there's... That's, good. that's awesome. Uh, do you think there's a, a lot of people that, you know, watch the movies and they'll see someone, like, shaking and quivering in a corner, man, I need to get me some, and then they go for the shady uh, drug deal and they go for the things that Hollywood and TV show you is, is like, you know, the, the Bible of... Of, of shadiness and, and and the drug dealers and, and kind of roll their eyes and they're kind of like that's not how it is man like you know um to some extent yeah i mean i i can't speak on behalf of everyone and everyone's experiences i'm sure there's yeah. some stuff like that but basically i think it's so easy for people to forget that an addict could literally be anyone <laughs> you know it's yeah. a it's a downward spiral it could happen to <clears> anyone <throat> and i think that i've seen a couple of films that have touched on that and they're often the one, the films that are based on true stories. But like the main stuff, like I mean, as a filmmaker, I love Train Spotting as a film. I think it's a great film. But I think that the way that it created sort of the mainstream ideas of addicts and stuff, and basically, if you say the word addict, you're likely to picture the sort of Train Spotting style, and yeah, that's the issue that I had. And I was like, well, I've I can make films. I'll try and make something that can. If, if I could use my film as a platform for one person to even just consider what their own views are on the subject, then I've done something right. Yeah. And I've seen... I've that's, seen that's good. That's nice. I've seen you've, um, you've worked with Ben Butler. Um, 
before new generations uh, coaching um because he's yeah, he's the, yeah he's he's he did his music video Knife right angel. yeah um with the telford knife angel they had a load of young people working on a anti-knife crime rap with ben and with uh, tim trademark uh blood and a few other people and i i basically turned up to all of their sessions and filmed it and then edited stuff together for him and I believe there should be more content coming up on the YouTube channel soon. Yeah. I'm actually just struggling to find the files on my hard drive. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not to skip from one thing to another. Uh, you know, I don't want to just breeze past uh, un- Unstable because obviously we're going to talk about it. But Ben is the he's the guy to speak to when it comes to things like that because he's lived it. He's been there and he can kind of, he can sit there and be like, no, it's not quite like that. If we're going to help people, we need to, we need to, you know, relate to the people we want to help and you know your movie unstable um you know offering that real life view of people struggling with addiction and drugs is kind of it's almost an an important tool for that isn't it yeah and i think for me the the difficult um balance um, this is this is sort of connected to what you're saying but feel free to say i'm going on a bit of a tangent the difficult podcast tangents are part of it (laughs) Uh, the difficult balance is films are always for entertainment people don't want to feel educated either and that that's the that's the difficult balance i had i i um and that's the worry i had when when going on board and saying this is a film to change perceptions about addiction which is what i have said in stuff like this and on like other interviews and articles and things because i don't think people want to feel like they're having a message you know forced down their throats i think it's a I think it's important. So, so as I said before, like my idea is, even if the view, they end up with an opinion that isn't the opinion I want them to get, if they come out of the film and decide that they despise all addicts and want to stay away from them, at least I've given them the platform to think about what they think about these things, rather than it be a topic which they don't give a second thought to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that Unstable is is vague enough to portray addiction in the in enough of a light as to what it actually is but in enough of a way for people to not feel like i'm forcing my agenda but merely giving them a platform to place their own yeah i don't think anybody would look at what you made and thought this guy is trying to teach us he's trying to force education on us i think they'd find it quite enjoyable i mean like alex you know uh, um you trying to immerse yourself is that a wookie behind you by the way it looks like there's a wookie just stood behind oh, you that's like chewbacca's just stood there like um, <laughs> um alex immersing yourself into a role like this i mean you're a young clean cut guy yourself like how would how how was that for a, as a challenge for you well it was to be fair a role that i never i'd never touched before i'd never been near that i you know i saw that casting call and thought hang on a minute that could be that that could you know i could be onto something there um and so it was playing adam was in a way a sort of a, a sort of a challenge and exercise for me an acting exercise because obviously i have to go out and i mean i do this with all my roles. It's not like I just decided to go in for this role. You know, research. Um, I I do research all my roles, but I had to. I really had to sort of look around and do my own, you know, research that was thorough and in depth. Because Luke's right. A lot of what is you know out there in the media about you know drugs and and, and you know addicts and everything 
it's all glorified. Now, that makes it very hard to separate whether or not it is, you know, in some twisted sense, glorious, you know, in a perverse way, or whether actually, you know, people have got it wrong and they're, they're, they're exaggerating for their own effects or, you know, to, to shift stock, I suppose, if you're a dealer. Hmm. Um, and that was that was the other hard thing, really, the idea of showing why people go into it whilst also not going, hey, this is the way to live. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody wakes up one morning and goes, I'm going to be an addict today. Like, no, it doesn't happen. You know, people don't aspire to be a drug addict, you know? No. Like, yeah. I don't think there's ever a director that's ever made a... I mean, maybe, I don't know. Uh, like for example, we'll, we'll keep talking because I'm, I'm on my Quarantino uh, uh, thing at the moment. There's uh, there are scenes with uh, John Travolta shooting up heroin, and it's like I think he obviously I think he went. Let's see if we can make the most disgusting drug in the world cool as hell. Uh, and they show all the the, the 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 syringe and all going into the syringe and then in laying back and all that. And and I think even when you're watching something like that, you're like that's that's horrendous. Like, you know, yeah. nobody yeah. ever wants to make, I mean, you can look at Scarface and um, all those, those kind of things. I think it's more the gangster aspect. People are kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool. Cool. Never the drugs because drugs do destroy people. Yeah. So I think, mm. I and think, yeah, there's, that's sort of the other side to things. You've got like the train spotting where it shows the dark and horrific side, but you have also got stuff like Tarantino, like a lot of other directors and especially sort of films of like 90s early 2000s where wherein people are you know snorting cocaine injecting heroin and it's you know they're they're normal people per se or they are the character that you should be following or relating with and i know that's technically what we're doing with unstable but you know when, when it's such a a, a sidelined idea almost and it's just oh yeah and they also do cocaine you know it's yeah. just I think I think that's dangerous completely because often, I mean, you look at some films as well where it's where you know it's it's the rich life and it's like oh you know as soon as they've made it and they can afford cocaine then they're living the luxury. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, there is that, yeah. isn't there? There is that. What were your parents like when you're like, mom, dad, I want to do a, a film about hard drugs? <laughs> you know, were they like concerned? Oh no, uh, dad came. Uh, with me when I went to go and speak to some of the addicts and stuff and they were on board through the whole thing because obviously they do the uh, community centre where I came and touched a lot of these people they sort of understood and I think I'd said for a while that like this idea needs to be changed and um, uh, this is this is going to sound awful if I phrase this wrong um, I, I'd done comedy and I'd said I'd, I'd realised that in doing comedy like I'd got some attention but the more events and competitions I entered, the more I'd I'd realised comedy doesn't comedy doesn't win awards is what I was thinking to be honest, and I started discussing that and I was like I want to make a drama film, and then the more I started looking into addiction stuff, I was like talking to my parents through the whole thing, and by the time Unstable came out, like I'm really proud of the script I wrote for Unstable, and I'm kind of sometimes looking back and like watching Unstable, I'm kind of surprised that because i wrote that in like in like a day or two and i mean obviously it's a short film and major films have been written in a couple of days but even just looking at the script and going like i think i must have had sort of so much focus and keenness to to get it done it's a passion isn't it it's, yeah. it's part of your passion it's it's coming from the heart like in it you know 
Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like at literally being so invested in writing that I brought my laptop along to the to the community center and I came along because, um, well, last year when I mean obviously GCSEs aren't happening anyway, but <laughs> I haven't been to their community center in a while because I've been focusing on homework and revision and stuff. But I, I was going there quite a lot last year and I was volunteering there. But I also brought my laptop there and was literally writing as I went along, uh, as I was there. Which was great because I could literally talk to some of these vulnerable adults and stuff and say, "Could you tell me this?" Like, I mean, the scene where um, uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler. Uh, considering the the scene wherein uh, Alex's character Adam is buying cocaine, like I don't know how that exchange happens. Like in the in the original <laughs> script, it was. It, I, I'll admittedly say in the original script it was awful. I think the dialogue was literally, "Do you want some drugs? Sure, what you got." cocaine and that was like it <laughs> it was like and i knew that was a placeholder so then i go and show this to like one of these uh, recovering addicts and he basically takes a look at it and he goes yeah, the whole film's great but this is this, this is not anything like how it went so he he rewrote it and told me obviously what what terms they would use you know do you want some food that apparently um and they'd be like oh some powder or some white and so i sort of incorporated that instead because it's good it's good that you got that yeah. education i remember being studying in um in, ba- in bantry bay i've been st- i was st- seeing family uh in ireland and i was stood outside a hotel waiting for a taxi to take me home and some guy come up to me he goes uh do you know where i can find snow white and i was like i, I was at a few beers like, i don't know mate what the f- what are you going on about? And I sent him on his way. I sent him packing. And then my brother came out and I was like, some guy just asked me if he could find Snow White. Is there somewhere around here? He goes, he's just asked you for cocaine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so oblivious. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, uh, sometimes these things could happen to you and you wouldn't really even know that, that it's happening to you. Um, but there's, there's new terminologies that are coming out so fast. I mean, I won't mention who said it, but somebody... Um, I heard turn around and say they were clucking for bugle. I was like, "Bucking for bugle, clucking for bugle," and I was like, "Say that again." What? what? Did you say that? Clucking, clucking, chicken, clucking. Okay. For for bugle, and I was like, "What?" And I I waited. I didn't actually say anything. I waited. (laughs) And I was processing. I was stuck on this part of the conversation for ages, and I was just like, "What?" What what is that? Eventually, <laughs> I just asked the question. I was like, "What the hell did you just say?" And they're like, "Oh, that that everyone, everyone was asking for cocaine." Yeah. I was like, "Why did you just say that then? <laughs> why, why did you have to use terminology? Like that? I have no idea what you just said. Like at all, at all." But yeah, it's it's difficult to keep up, isn't it, with the, with the sort of terminologies and that because it's just so fluid. It just keeps changing. You know? I mean, I even thought that buying. I mean. The, the the scenes in which Adam is buying drugs take place in like in a subway tunnel, and I I thought even writing it this is a bit cliched, but apparently it isn't. You know, apparently that is still a place wherein a lot of these interactions happen. So it's these are sort of things which, so I mean I'm sure they also happen in a lot of other places, but it is it was the difficulty of, you know, making sure that I don't stick to the cliches too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the uh, what was the feedback from people that have watched the film? Was it like um, an accurate portrayal? Did you get it? Did you nail it or what? Uh, apparently so. I, w- I will say that I won't say who, but like I've, I've, people were getting quite emotional, and some people have told me like they'd they'd had family members who'd gone through the same stuff, and um, I mean it's 
it's very weird to see someone coming out of seeing my film completely, you know, in pieces and upset, look at someone crying and say, hey, I did a good job. But, but you know, that is <laughs> essentially what it was. So it's, it's the two sides of, oh, I'm sorry I've made you feel that way, but also, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really um, nice to hear. It's yeah. nice to hear that you've kind of, because as, yeah. um, <laughs> it shows you doing your research right for starters, and you haven't yeah, just gone a- gone out there and made something that you thought was cool or whatever. You've gone and made an accurate portrayal, which is, uh, like I said, it's going to be very helpful for people. That was my biggest worry as well when we had the uh, we had the premiere, which I'm sure we'll end up talking more about at some point. We will. Um, which which like my school had organised for us. I was discussing about being about addiction we were like oh well i need to get the um a better tomorrow the addiction charity that helped to um sorry need to get them to come and you know have like a stall or something so they can talk about it which they did but in my mind i was like if i promote this so much as a film about drugs and addiction and then they come out of it saying you got it all wrong i've got no leg to stand on <laughs> you know it was it, it was a really sort of awkward balance to go Okay, well, a I hope people still get entertained either way. But if I make it an event, like the school originally were like, well, why don't we, you know, make it the centerpiece of an addiction awareness event? And I was like, please don't, because that just put <laughs> way too much pressure on it. Since then, I've had ideas and what we were going to actually have happen um, this Tuesday, which has now changed to an online uh, screening of Unstable, was we were going to have like this event with. Uh, with live music and with local addiction charities and stuff. And it was going to be, it was going to be the centerpiece of an addiction awareness event. And I decided that that might be the way to go with it, but I didn't want to do that before anyone had seen it. Really, (laughs) And I I didn't want to give it away by showing it to people. Like I'm, I made a big point of not showing the film to any of the cast and crew before the premiere, because I wanted to be there when they all saw it for the first time. How selfish. How selfish. About my own performance. (laughs) I think you've seen, you've you've seen like rough edits and clips of bits, which I've said for like show real purposes, but there were specific bits, which I was saving. And I mean, you haven't even seen the slightly re-edited version that's airing on Tuesday. No, I haven't. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> so I'm getting another premiere as soon as it happens. <laughs> that's this funny. is no difference to the performance or anything else in the film besides the fact that where there was a piece of music from our amazing soundtrack composer, Ethan, I've now um, put over a song written by one of my friends, which, which I'd originally written in the script, but we didn't get around to actually we're getting a good recording of the song until the start of January. And then just for fun, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see how it would look like if I'd, I'd, I'd use it in the film. And it it fit like a glove, like the length of it and everything. It just worked so perfectly that I was like, I've got to put that in. <laughs> so Wicked. yeah, that, that, that's the only difference really. And it's a, it's a, it's a great song moving on by Lara Collier. You can buy it on iTunes and Spotify and, all of that stuff. I think you sent me. Uh, plug there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you sent me something on, on uh, email. Put something to me of hers. Yes, uh, I think I did. Yeah, beautiful. With, with local musicians. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking for local mu- musicians. Um, we've managed to put things together now. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, have uh, she's got a beautiful range. Beautiful range. Make sure you check her out. Um, let's talk about let's talk about um, how the school helped you then with with the uh, the release of Unstable originally, the the the, the physical sort of premiere that you had. How was that for you? Um, overwhelming, really, because it started. I was thinking we'll book out a small building and we'll just show the film to cast and crew and like 
you know, their plus ones or whatever. That was the idea. Um, I took a couple of venues, one of which I won't name, but was a really nice venue, but was going to be way too expensive to to use for screening the film. Uh, a venue which has since got back in touch with me and asked whether they can screen the film after they've heard about it and offering t- for us to use their, their venue for free. So still got that venue, but I won't name them in case they don't want me saying that they're expensive. Um, but yeah, like um, I'd, I'd organized that and I'd looked at different venues and I literally just casually said to the head teacher, I said, if I can't find anywhere else, is there any chance we can use the school? Which admittedly is a very weird way to phrase it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was just, is there any, any chance we can use it? And they were like, oh yeah, sure. And then I got in touch with them about a week later thinking, once I realized actually the school's a really good venue. And suddenly they were like, oh, we'll get a red carpet out. We'll do all of this and uh, all of this and that. And what? it suddenly arranged into a much, yeah. I wish my school was that nice to me when I was in school. They'd have been like, you know what, Whiteley, you uh, you can move on, please. Uh, let's hear your nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they were, then they were like promoting it all on there on their social media and putting like posters up for the school <laughs> i mean i think even the head teacher said afterwards that it ended up a lot bigger than she expected it to be because they said like they said red carpet and then we went let's do like full-on like tuxes and you know make make it as big an event as we can because you know we might as well try for the best rather than settling <laughs> you know and yeah so, so so we did and then it was like okay well let's contact some industry guests and we had uh, Simon Fisher-Becker, who'd been in Doctor Who and Harry Potter, who came along. We had BAFTA-nominated director Piotr Skopiak came along. We had a few other people and stuff. And it was it's just incredible, me standing there, like, for a film which I made over the summer, talking to these people who I've, like, respected in the industry for so long, who've travelled to Telford for me. <laughs> it was, you know, um, remarkable. And it, it's, I mean, I, I regret... Like looking, looking at some pictures, I look at some people who'd attended who I didn't even know had attended who were like, you know, family friends or people like that. And I was like, oh, I didn't get around to talking to so and so. I didn't get. Oh, that's the worst. That. And it was just. <laughs> but in the other thing, in the other thing, I'm sometimes looking through photos and going, I have no idea who that is, and that's exciting as well because it means that someone, you know, either someone's plus one or someone had heard about the event, it just turned up, <laughs> and. Uh, do you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. And do you know what's the the exciting thing about that is? Is you're 16 or 15 at the time, and you've made something that has become the epicenter of people coming together. Like you've yeah. made something cre- constructive, and I'm proud of you, man. That gives me That's faith true. moving forward with uh, with uh, with the youths of today. You know, you, you, there are people out there like Alex who's going out there trying to make a name for himself. And Alex, man, you know what? Like me and Shane have both worked with you on and off for like I'd say about eighteen months, two years, something like that, under prison. It's been yeah. it's been something like that. And me and you, we 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 have like <laughs> proper grown up adult conversations, and I love that. That we can just stand there, even if it's about Batman or something or whatever we're talking about. Like we can still Proper just grown up adult conversation. Yeah, but you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When you can have that adult conversation or that that mature conversation about something like Batman that isn't meant to be for kids, that's when you know you found someone you can chat to. You know. But uh, we, yeah, we you guys, you I'm guys are jealous of this like relationship, right? <laughs> I, I will, I will find you, Alex. If you go on. <laughs> I'm in this. Mm. He's, he's fine. All right, keep your hands off. 
And, and you know, moving forward with what Jackie Jordan said to me um, last night on my on the, the interview I gave her, this is the time. I mean, I know you were saying there's going to be there's going to be a certain amount of saturation with people going. I'm going to release my stuff online. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I mean, you're doing it yourself on Tuesday. There's going to be lots of people doing that, but you've 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 proven that what you've made is quite special people are really enjoying your stuff and you oh, know no, what it's brilliant with everyone being stuck at home because they've got no excuse not to watch oh but yeah I've got, I've got friends who are <laughs> i've got friends who are who've you know done stuff with the bbc or uh, people who i chat with who are in like hollywood and stuff and if i'd said to them you know can you come and watch this online oh i've got an audition or i've got this which i'm sure they do i'm not saying that they're making up excuses but this time around it's everyone's like oh yeah i'll tune in oh i've got nothing else on and it's like it's nice no sit I, down I hope they all do. <laughs> <laughs> and watch the film like, yeah yeah you will sit down and watch my film <laughs> and i know you're saying it's it's a short but like lives can be made out of shorts and uh, i mean i'm going to use one of my favourite franchises, that started out as a short. Thor. Saw. Saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's right, it did. And it's also filmed in one room. Yeah. 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 And um, District 9, um, really yeah. good film. That started as a short. Charlotte Copley. Yeah. I didn't know that. I studied it for a bit. So. Uh, yeah. And there's also the um, Josh Trank as well. Josh Trank. Who um, he made a, a, a short on on YouTube that went absolutely mental, went viral. Um, what was it called? It was called uh, "Stabbing at Leia's Twenty Second Birthday." He went mad on YouTube, and then um, Hollywood were like, "Yo, make us a movie!" And he made the movie Chronicle, the movie where people that guy can move things with his mind and stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, he got given Fantastic Four to do, which was an absolute oh, nightmare. God. Yeah, but well, that wasn't his fault. I mean, he did a four-hour-long podcast with Kevin Smith and explained that the, the studios took hold of this beautiful thing that he made and they're like, we're going to take this out, we're going to take that out, we're going to put this yeah. together and this, it was a completely different movie that he made. Okay. Uh, no one, no one's ever called for a Fantastic Four trank. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but the slide cut is still attracting attention. Yeah. I will I will say, though, I, I hope that um, the Unstable show people that they don't need big budgets, expensive equipment, anything like that to make a yes. film. Like Unstable is literally complete zero budget. Like we, I mean, I think you, you could say 50 P because we bought a pack of Rizzlers to use for the start <laughs> of the film. Uh, but, but that, that, that was, you know, that was it. I mean, obviously you guys, you know, traveled down and that if it were an expensive film, you know, we would have paid that and that would have gone on to something, but it's, it's, it's literally, you know, it's, it's made on nothing. It's, I, I, I could say it's a film based on favours, really. You know, my, my motto has always been, if you don't ask, you don't get. And so many people I know, and I mean, I did it for my first two films, just make films, you know, with the people they know who can or cannot act, um, you know. And, and that that's what it is. And with, with Unstable, I was like, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. The worst thing anyone's ever going to say is no. I'm going to get on these actors groups on Facebook. I'm going to get on backstage, get on some of these casting things and look at professional experienced actors because as I said, you know, the worst thing they're going to say is no, there's no harm in asking them. And it came to the point that everyone who has a line in the film is professional and experienced. And I think you can, you can tell that. I mean, even down to like Peter Terry, who plays the dad. Um, I mean, he's a Shrewsbury based actor, um, but he's been, he, he asked, um, 
he messaged me saying, do we need any camera equipment um, or anyone to do the camera? Because his daughter's studying film and, you know, has, has the time off. And she came to be our, our DOP. And, like, you know, that's a step up from me using a camcorder because she had these great, like, high-quality DSLR cameras which r- recorded really good quality footage. But it's like, you know, just go out and ask people. Like, what, what's, what's the worst nice, you're going to get? It's nice that everybody started pitching in. Actually started to pull these people into, uh, as favours, if you like, and sort of bringing the sort of community together. Everyone started then to to add what they could give into it. It's all sort of putting into the pot. And what's produced then is just this amazing, amazing bit of footage, you know. Um, it's like a nice story of, like, the, the little red hen who baked a loaf of bread, except, you know, no one's a... <laughs> Beep. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm, I will bleep that out, so, but I'm going to leave it as so, a what? No, not you. The other one. Oh, <laughs> Ow. This is Alex. Okay. <laughs> Did you not listen to my Alex. rules? I'm joking. I'm joking. I was listening. You weren't. <laughs> Obviously. I will fight you. <laughs> Social distance, of course. Um, um, yeah, Alex. What, what's what's Luke like working to work with then? Like, you know, what's he like as a producer or director? I'll take my headphones off and you can speak honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 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 Luke's. Um, you've got this individual style, and it's it's not. That's not me being polite. That is that is a genuine compliment because I've I've worked with many directors and so many directors sort of they they like to they like to direct the characters but they don't know them i don't know if that makes makes sense they they they've got an idea of what the character is and they'll go oh okay well you know uh, joshua is feeling very sad because uh, his girlfriend's just left him so make sure you're showing some of that and that's not an example but that's that's how you know some of them talk whereas you know luke might say look okay so look at the situation. I, I know how I'd feel. Uh, you know, how do you think Josh would feel, you know, given his girlfriend's just left him? Okay, so I want you to bring some of that, but make sure that you can show this and, you know, but be reflective of how, you know, this is going to happen. And, you know, there's there's also an element of X, Y, Z. And it's just, it was, it was a more in-depth direction, which I think made for a better film because so many directors... I mean, even even on short films, so many directors have go going, you know, constant. Oh, crack! It's oh, it, it's it's two o'clock. Um, right, okay. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay, right. Yeah, we got sound. Okay, light sound. Yeah, okay. Um, sound ready. Yeah, okay. Right. So you want to make sure that you're doing this, that, and the other. Okay, right. Excellent. And and then we're gonna. Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay. Go for a take. Go. Okay. Go. And then it's you, you're there, sort of. Oh, hang on a minute. Right. Oh, right. Oh, we going? Okay. Uh, and it's it's so some films and you can't tell to be fair, but some films you you can tell are made in a in a rushed time conscious environment, whereas and I'm I'm not saying that you can you know you can necessarily know that there's a there's a drop in quality, but you can see the difference with certain directors who know their characters as opposed to direct their characters. I don't know if that's making sense. Can that be quite tiresome, though? Uh, Like, I mean, say Luke knows his character more than 
you know, he he know inside and out. He knows the character. So like, you're you're giving your portrayal of something. He's like, no, okay. So this is where we're at the moment. He stubbed his toe two days ago, so he's got a slight limp. He had a bad haircut, so he's got bad self conscious issues, and he's on drugs. Do it like that, man. Like, is it is does it get to a point where it's a passion for you, Luke? And if he's not getting it right, it can be quite frustrating. Um, I think at least in the way that I felt I was going, feel free to to tell me <laughs> otherwise. But I mean, I know that the the first scene we shot, which is going to be very hard to talk about because it's the last scene of the film, so I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Uh, but but basically, <clears throat> it's 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 quite an emotional moment. Um, and I remember Alex did this incredible delivery of this moment, and it was it was really good. But it didn't fit in with what. I had so I basically just I said like we like what you've done here that might be the take we use but could we just do another take of you know the way I'd envisioned it um so so I I think I'd yeah I think that's that's the way I left both because I don't know if when I'm editing I suddenly see Alex's version of the character and go oh damn I wish I'd you know I'd filmed that I wish I'd done that so I, I I want to give the actors the freedom but also if that freedom doesn't suit my image my my idea for it I'll I'll go back and I'll say, can we do that again? Can we fix that? Um, which admittedly is, it, it it took quite a lot, especially in that first one, to see such an incredible performance and go, nah, it's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's quite You've got to be notorious yeah. though, haven't you? You've got to be, you've got to be that guy though. If you want to make your perfect thing, and I, I guess actors, I've got to learn to take that on the chin, right? Well, that's the thing. We, um, you know, uh, as as an actor, it's, it can be difficult sometimes when you think you've nailed it. Hang on, just give me ten seconds. Me in your bed. Go on, go on, in your bed. He's having dog trouble. Oh. Get off the bed. Just <laughs> the dog. Right. Okay. Um, so, in in some in some respects, as an actor, it can be difficult when you know you you've sat down, you've pained and ached over a script for you know three days long. Go, yeah, I know I'm going to do this. Yeah, I, I can see this in my head. And then you get there, and you know you do the whole speech, and then. It just it jars because the director is going, you know, he's also ached and pained over that script for three days going, I know how I want this done. I can see it in my head. And then you've got two different, not necessarily opposing visions, but they're, 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 there's a slight clash. And I, I do suspect and I know of certain actors, one of which um, you will know from the recent Star Wars trilogy, who I have had friends work with. Um, recently through a tantrum on a set of a show that's coming out for the BBC in, well, I don't know, like six months or so, or something like that, depending on how fast they can go through production. John Boyega. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, bad cough. Yeah. Uh, we can't, we can't, I can't actually discuss who, who it might, might be, whether it's he or she. John Boyega. I mean, uh, sorry, it's actually, <laughs> But they are working with a, a, a director called Steve McQueen, who is an absolutely fantastic director. You know, they've got real, real passion. They've got a real vision. Um, and basically through a tantrum, uh, because they couldn't do it their way, which in, in some respects, I, I very much feel is wrong. I, I do feel that actors should be allowed an interpretation of the character. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Bring that to the screen, because if, you know, if you haven't got an actor who's, you know, passion is in actually acting your character, then you're going to end up with a, a, a lifeless performance. It's got to be yeah. good as well. So as there been, go on, Shay. No, go, Shay. So as there been, um, you know, with, with Luke, with doing doing this film, has, has there been any 
it's been come close to any arguments or anything? Have you ever sort of said that? Just been like, he's doing my head in. He's doing my head in. Like, I, don't, I don't think, think so. Like, no, I think I, it was times where we've we've had differences of opinions, but it's not like we've not been, you know, mature enough to solve that in the first place by going, okay, it's your film, it's your character, but it's my interpretation of it. Okay, well, great. Well, this is my interpretation. Okay, let's meet in the middle. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I, I know that on, on the on the final day of shooting, like we we shot. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I can discuss this because it's on the BBFC insight on their website. We've got the scenes of the cocaine on the table, and I know that you had a couple of ideas as to different ways to shoot that, and we just we shot both of them. You basically just said, if we've got a bit of time, can we have a go at doing this in the way in your way? And we were like, yeah, we'll do that, and we ended up using both actually in the film at different times but stuff like that and um i, mean, I think my main pressure and i don't think i was ever like i'm, I'm rarely argumentative or angry anyway i'm uh, but i i think the the only thing for me was on the first shooting day was time um which ended up all working out in the end we spent i mean there, there were so many different bits that basically the first scene we were doing took way too much time than we thought it did so that pushed everything off and helen who plays sophie was scheduled in to only be doing one day um sophie who's like the the second lead um and in my head having you know just only made films with like friends it was basically used to working with people who just sort of wanted to get it over and done with and go home <laughs> so so i was used to filming rushed that when we started considering a lot more, okay, how do we act this? How do we shoot this? I didn't realise how much more time-consuming it was going to be. So we ended up speaking to Helen, and she actually very kindly came in on the following shooting day, even though it was her 21st birthday, which was incredible nice. to, finish, uh, to finish filming. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the only stress and pressure for me, really, was time. Um, and we didn't stay on schedule, but it's a learning curve for everything. And I think... I'd imagine very few films stay on schedule from what I from what I know of, <laughs> of things, you know. Especially everything now. takes longer and something shorter. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you expect things expect things to be. But yeah, I think I th- I've, I'm, I'm proud of the outcome. There are little bits watching it now, as there always will be, where I go, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could. But as um, as Piotr Skopjak said when he guested on my podcast not long ago, he, he, he said, once you've made a perfect film, you've got nothing else to do. So, like, you're never going to make a perfect film. So, you know. No, no. I don't know. I don't no. know. There's, there are a few. I mean, like, Alex, like, yeah. when you get given that perfect role, I mean, I don't know if you've had it yet. I mean, you've got a long life to live, boy. Um, it must feel good to be able to sort of let loose. I mean, for example, we'll, we'll talk, we'll go Star Wars again. We'll talk about Adam Driver in, in Marriage Story. Um, that yeah, amazing oh, yeah. scene between him and Scarlett Johansson, wow. where they're having wow. that domestic yeah. argument. Um, for me, that was one of the, recently is one of the most moving scenes in in in, in current movie court history. Is thinking about it, that is how good of a performance that is. I still need to see it, but I will I, I advise soon. anyone that hasn't seen it to watch it. It is it is phenomenal. It is heart wrenching and it is beautiful and it is. Wow, it is it is seriously a good performance. I mean, Adam Driver is famous for playing like a really monotonous. He's like really his 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 voice is very 
as um, Kylo Ren in Star Wars, he's very, uh, he's almost like his dad, uh, Han Solo. He's almost like, you know, he's very unanimated, even even when it, certain things happen in the movie that would uh, move someone. Uh, he was very kind of calm and chill about it. But in, in Marriage Story, he really got to be able to like let go and show his emotions. And that, it was that moment I was kind of like, wow, this guy can deliver. You know, and yeah. I, I bet you dream of, of, of moments like that in your career, right? Yeah. That's that's the role right there. Doctor Who, yeah? That's, that's, that's the role, yeah. Uh, that is the one thing that I am aspiring for. Every Everything I work for in my career, I work for for that. There's people who sit there to me and go, wouldn't you rather be James Bond? And I'm like, I'm not nearly chiseled enough to be James Bond, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and it would involve a lot of, you know, blooming gym workouts and, you know, I've barely touched a dumbbell in my life. I could be James um, Bond. Yeah, right, Shane. <laughs> you could be odd job, maybe. Shane Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't be a James Bond. But yeah, even, even working like with you, I, I could see in some of your your acting style and, I mean, I guess even in, like, your your hairstyle and stuff like that, like, you've got the influence of, like, Matt Smith and David Tennant's Doctors and stuff like that, and obviously the other in, the previous incarnations as well, but, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely got that Doctor vibe, um, and I think it's I think it's a role which you would be able to do quite well. I mean, would you, would you ever, like, if, if someone asked you to be in, like, a Doctor Who fan film or something, would you do that? Oh, I'd do that in a heartbeat, but at the <laughs> I'd be very conscious of how uh, and and the people involved. It, to be fair, some in in some ways I'd I'd leap at it, but then in 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 other various ways I'd actually have to seriously step back, think about it, and go, "Hang on a minute, who's associated? You know what yeah. what do they hold?" It's the one thing that, in fact, any I I'd scrutinise more than any Hollywood film if I was offered a lead in that. I'd I'd sit there and I'd scrutinise every single person in the project because. I'm very aware that the the BBC as a company are very careful about who they choose to work with their brands and what has been said and, and you know, what views they hold. And it's, it's becoming part of, and this isn't just the BBC. It, it seems to me that sort of every, um, you know, every production company, every channel, every, you know, producer now is, is sitting down and becoming more aware and, you know, in 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 a in a way, it's a sort of good thing because you know they're, you know, you're ensuring that you don't give a platform to people who are, you know, um, you know, sexist, racist, homophobic, or you know, hold opposing views with with culture, because why why would you, do you know what I mean? Why why would you give that platform to someone who's going to turn around and go, no, I don't, I don't believe in that. I'm not going to play a gay character. Well, no, do you know what I mean? Um, and that's that's not that's not someone that you you really want on your street. Um, no matter how good, I know people say you should be able to you know, separate the art from the artist, and I agree with that to a certain extent. But some people, I believe, you know, actions are unforgivable in some in some ways. Particularly, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, you look Kalowski. at what they've done, and you go, well, "That was phenomenal." But now you you know you you look at what we're aware of now, and you go, "Oh my God!" Kevin Spacey this. ruined Baby Driver for me. Baby Driver is one of the most amazing yeah, films ever made. About it. Oh. Tell me about it. Oh, I can't watch it's that film now. The other one, the other one. I, I, um, I, I quite like gaming. Um, and and Kevin Spacey was in um, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. My my uh, my sort of interest in the franchise has sort of 
loosened a little bit around the time that it was released. And I, I actually hadn't got the money to pay for Xbox Live Gold, or, you know, mum wasn't buying it either. So I sat down, I played the campaign, and my God, was it phenomenal. It's one of the, one of the best campaigns since, you know, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, the whole series. And I sat there, I thought, bloody hell, that's good. And Kevin Spacey was in that, and I thought, what a great performance. And I wake up one day to find out he is what he is, and I thought, oh, God, I can never play that again, yeah. honestly. I mean, look at... <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I, this, like, this is a film which I only saw after all the stuff had come out, but American Beauty is incredible. It's literally Kevin Spacey playing a paedophile, like, at yeah. the end of the day. And that's, yeah. that's the, that is the point where it's like, okay, it's a, I mean, it's actually come up on Netflix recently, so it appears it's still being endorsed, at least. But it's, yeah, it's, film, films like that, it's like you've, you've got to make the decision. I watched, to, um, I watched Horrible Bosses the other day, and it's Kevin Spacey being an asshole basically and i was like well there you go yeah. that's he didn't he really have to you know try for that that's just it, him in apparently. some ways it takes for it so takes long he seems so nice <laughs> yeah. exactly but yeah that's the thing you can never really all you've got to do with some with some people in hollywood anyway is is just scratch below the surface and you know you you hear you hear things i mean elijah wood for so long has been saying oh there's this you know i mean uh, paedophile sex ring within the heart of Hollywood and you, you think about that for a second and you go well he's been in Hollywood you know he could well be exaggerating but he could yeah, well have a been... point and I, I think that's he could case. also well be part of it exactly who knows I mean it's, that's I been going on for years Hollywood is still sort of recovering from that phase and there are still rules that are that are off it's a very iffy place anyway <laughs> yes very yeah. iffy well look uh, we're you guys are the future right and i really do believe that you guys are going somewhere because you you make... i can't believe we went to such a dark area <laughs> well that's what we do in these podcasts i mean it, it like i like to cover life with these podcasts i like to talk yeah. about what is actually going on and that is what's going on so it's it may be dark uh but you know uh these this hollywood uh me too movement and the the, the sex rings and things that's going on it's all gonna come out anyway um but you know let's I want talk to be careful that everything i've said comes across right so i really hope it does <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're fine man you're fine um and so you guys are, are, are doing great things but we're here to talk about uh the premiere of, of um of your movie, Luke. Do you want to tell everybody, uh, like everybody, write down pens. We've got a date for you. You can sit down and you can watch Unstable um, at a certain time of day. Right. Take it away, Luke. Mm. So, um, first I'll say I haven't yet decided whether after this online live stream, Unstable will stay online or not. So, get on and watch it while you can. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, if you attended. If you're one of some of the people, because this is scaring out to local people, people might have done, attended the premiere of Unstable. It's a slightly different cut of the film. We've got a chat with cast and crew afterwards, so you're still getting something new out of that. Um, also, you know, you're there supporting the film industry at a time where it's very hard to support them in other ways. Um, and yeah, it's just um, this Tuesday, 7th, um, at 7 p.m. If you get onto my YouTube channel, Bottle O Productions, um, I think you can get there through like a bit.ly link, which is get.ly. Say that again, so that bottle, bottle O. Bottle O Productions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so you can, you'll be able to find it um, on there. And it, it should just be fun. I hope that we can get a good 
good audience so that you can sort of have the, the live chat as it's screening obviously still pay attention to the film please uh, but but sort of have yeah that level of interaction which you wouldn't get and you know you're this this is something which would originally have been an event in a community center where we'd screen the film and that'd be it so people from other areas wouldn't get to see it and so it's like hopefully there's some some good things coming out of this and if you want to see it and those people who messaged me like after the premiere or different things and said they couldn't have made they couldn't make it or they wish they'd seen it you know now's the chance really i really request and ask that as many people tune in because it's it's been such a major part of my life for the past like nine months i guess near enough um that this is like you know the big i thought the the original premiere was the conclusion to it but i think this this is this is the chance where it's actually finally out there in the wild and you don't have to go to a festival you don't have to buy any tickets you don't have to like the film i just ask that you you know maybe give it a chance tune in to support local and independent Films, yeah, no, like you know, it's it's it's. Not, I'm not going to say that it's it's not of like the quality of these <laughs> high budget films or TV shows. Like, I mean, our sound quality is my the main issue we've got, and you can hear the dialogue and get it, but you also still understand that it's a film made on nothing. But even just by people watching it, those those views, those that support, those comments are enough for me to then go to investors, go to people who've got equipment, and say how many people watch this we've got a platform let's make something else uh, yeah that's my pitch anyway. no that was beautiful <laughs> beautiful man and that do you know what on, on um on, on a, you know a different note if you want to see what like the, the the like me you want to see what the future generation can make with a budget and nothing uh, and just with brain power and a bit of uh if you don't ask you don't get sort of mentality like luke said Check it out because I, I think you'll be thoroughly impressed. This guy, uh, Luke, made it with uh, no budget, minimal equipment, uh, and with favors that he'd asked for people. Uh, you know, he was very lucky that he had Alex um, to to be able to do it with him. Um, and um, I will say, we say it's about. We say we say it's obviously a film about drugs and addiction. It's not. I mean, we said it's not gratuitous, but it's not like it's it's mature themes, but it's not something that you can't sit and watch with the family either it's it's been bbfc rated 12a for drug references and infrequent strong language so you know i i i think at least to me i think it's important to show to people because um especially sort of younger people because like i've had the, the drug awareness stuff in schools and it's fine but i think it, it doesn't show you how easily someone can get into that spiral and um and sort of how you can notice the problems with them whilst also hopefully remaining a piece of entertainment fantastic and what's next for you guys alex what what you are you working on anything you can talk tell us about oh um well i was working before mark (laughs) um before this whole coronavirus situation kicked off it was my first fully booked month there was there was pretty much barely a day um and i was so enthused about it i was like yes i'm finally finally getting somewhere um and then this this whole situation's happened so for me right now oh there there is there is something i'm working on Um, do we uh if if it's what i believe so 
um how much I, i've said a tiny bit about it on something before if okay you... yeah go on then well um luke and i are actually working on um a p- potential it's, it's very much in the in the in the works um sequel to unstable Ooh. um yes but, but not the in the form that you may expect <laughs> yes it's not likely to be a um it's not likely to be an actual uh, another short film or, or even a feature uh, we're actually looking at a series type proposal. Ah. Adam is a character in. He, I mean, he's a he's a main character, but he's part of an ensemble, and it's yeah, it's it's something. It's basically well, two ideas that I've had for a while together. That's and we don't want to give away too much, but um, all all I will say is that you know there's there's, there's set to be a, a solid amount of drama if we can get this off the ground. Um, <laughs> It's it's it looks it, it it could very well be um, something incredible. Um, it, it's very well, if you do want some uh, extra actors, I'm sure me me and Al can be in on it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll be sure to let you know if well if and when we get to that point uh, because obviously coronavirus permitting, realistically we might not even be able to start. We we'll have to do all in face masks <laughs> until until next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think the the other great thing is like if we book something in for the end of this year or the start of next year for filming assuming that things are all sorted all this cast, all the other cast and crew won't have other things booked in, so we got a we got a good way of getting them first. Well, you can look at it two um, ways, can't you? You can look at it as though everybody's just going to be out the gates. Bam! I need work. Where's this? Where's going everywhere? There's going to be like this insurgence of actors looking for work. You know, people like Alex. I was just like, I need to do something. You know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but as a in, in what you were saying before, just in asking other projects um haven't talked much about it because it hasn't been relevant but for a while i hosted a podcast called please be seated wherein myself and a different special guest each week would review a film of their choice that has gone on a uh, going on a hiatus at the moment but a current podcast is now happening um called two minutes about time wherein myself and um american podcaster robert eg black are breaking down the richard curtis film about time and reviewing it in two minute segments are spending about 20 minutes like reviewing analyzing and many tangents about like two minutes of the film per episode so that's that's what's next fantastic that's that's brilliant and if you ever want a guest on your on your you know your movie review show i'll definitely be up for that if anybody can talk about movies it's me Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um shane have you got anything to add before we get out of here this feed is slowly dying i don't know why internet has been terrible but yeah um, no, no I, I'm just, I'm just gobsmacked to the fact that we've got this 16 year old lad here that's just, he's doing things, man. He is doing things and he's local. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's remarkable. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'll double what you're saying. So I'm proud of, you know, I, I've only seen, I think, I'm sure I actually saw the trailer. Was the trailer released a while back? Yeah, I'm the sure trailer Alex, a while you, back, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure you sent me the trailer, didn't you? I think. Yeah, I think. So. Um, but yeah, I saw the trailer, and I, and I didn't know at that point that you were so young, dude. Like at all, I, <laughs> and that's that's blown me away. The fact that you've been doing that while you're at school, like, what the hell? How the hell has that happened? Well, originally it was a big issue with uh, alongside GCSEs, and teachers were worried. But at least that's not a worry anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I will. I will say briefly, if it's okay for me to to say, um, is 
um, if there are any local people or people anywhere listening who have like little bits of video editing work or stuff like that, like drop me an email, luke at lukeallen.co.uk, and I'm just trying to get as many things done. Depending on how easy the project is, I either do it for free or at a very, very low rate. Um, it's just a, I'm bored, you know. I'll, I'll do <laughs> yeah. some editing and and they can they can see all the stuff I do at LukeAllen.co.uk. That's, that's a beautiful thing about you. Is you're not like you're not sat around the house going, I'm bored, I'm bored. You're like, I'm bored. I want to make something, and that's what you do. Yeah. You're being creative with it. Ace, I love that. Um, what about you, Alex? Did you got a plug or? Um, well, well, if you want to, if you want to stay up to date with some of the stuff I'm doing, um, you know, feel free to follow me on Instagram. That's uh, my name, so Alexander Westwood. Um, and you know, I, I tend to post there whenever there's something large happening, or, or you know, if I've done something cool recently. Um, so that's that's a surefire way to stay up to up to date with me. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel. I do also have a Twitter. Uh, which is at underscore Alex underscore Westwood, uh, where I tweet my you know obscure thoughts and, and whatever other moods I'm feeling at the parts of the day. Today I am not on. I'm not on the cast of Doctor Who. Uh, today I'm not on the cast of Doctors. Today I am not on the cast of Holby City. Like I could just imagine. Two hundred and sixteen. How, how many? How many times have you sent your CV to Andy Pryor? <laughs> I, I never, never. To be honest with you, I still have not. Um, I've just made sure. I just, I just, if if I ever want to meet them, I want to make sure it's in the right circumstances. Because um, for any, this is for any aspiring actors listening. Um, you know, there is one thing not to do, and that's just to send your CV everywhere, no matter you know what you think might be the best way to do it. Don't just randomly approach casting directors and, and be like, oh, cast me, cast me, cast me. Because wasn't there like one of good. the actors who was in like Rise of the Cybermen, or uh, just like sent his email? Send an email to Andy I'm not sure who that was, but well, I heard it a long time ago, so I might have completely changed the fact by now. But yes, it's it's one thing not to do because nine times out of ten you'll actually annoy him. I know, um, you know, some some West End theatres, uh, West End producers, actually blacklist people from attending their auditions. Um, you know, if you've turned up to a wrong audition in the past, or you know, you you've been seen for a role they don't think you're right for. So, uh, aspiring actors, make sure you don't do that. <laughs> Right, brilliant. <laughs> well, well, chaps, we we've got to wrap this up because um, we've been going for over oh, an, yeah. hour, an hour and ten minutes. But my Skype feed is dying. You can probably hear the audio on this episode uh, just slowly, slowly dwindling because uh, everybody seems to be using the internet at the moment, and it's killing, killing everything. Um, but guys, thank you so much for joining us, Shane as well. Thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, on. absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. No, it's been brilliant. Um, right. Listeners, uh, make sure you check out our website, which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk, which has been lovingly made by our friends at Web Orchard. Uh, from that website, you can directly play our audio without having to go through the trouble of. Um, going to Podbean or iTunes or Spotify which we're also on. I also want to do a shameless plug for a new network I set um, set up this week it's called the You Suck US-UK Podcasting Network it's a collection of three shows uh, What's the Difference The Weekly Bazaar 
and Superhero Bar Fight. Um, these three shows, um, we, we 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 have a bit of fun. Uh, the Weekly Bazaar is a is a, a parody news show where we talk about the messed up news that's trending through the week. Um, Superhero Bar Fight, my friends Jamie uh, Westwood and Tom Stevens, they they have a bar. I can't say the name of it because it's quite rude. Um, but they have certain characters that meet up and have um, uh, like they discuss who would win out of those people. And what's the difference? Is a show that's replaced Thor's podcast and we speak to people from culture from each side of the of the atlantic so um for example uh, episode one we had um a, a rapper called infidelics on uh, is our first guest uh, second week we've got um emmy nominated producer jackie jordan coming on and then uh, the week afterwards we've got adam pernell our very own uh, shropshire lad coming on uh, so we're very much a kind of dipping our toe into different uh, cultures on different sides of of the ocean um so that's you suck check it out um guys thanks again you've been brilliant um we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll catch you next time yeah awesome. on the flip side peace oh. out guys so